Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Week two in the NFL kicks off tonight with Chargers and the Chiefs, another AFC West matchup I'm very excited about. I am Alex Shane, here with my good buddy Rich Hill, breaking down all things in the second week of the NFL. The Patriots are on the road again, traveling to Pittsburgh. The 1-0 Pittsburgh Steelers, the 0-1 Patriots. Uh, Rich Hill, I'm not sure how much of the Patriots, uh, excuse me, the Steelers game you watched on, on, on Sunday, but it was kind of a weird one. Steelers didn't win so much as the Bengals lost. Looking forward to breaking that game down with you. But first, etiquette dictates, how the hell are you? I am doing well. I am ready to move past that Dolphins game, ready to see if the team can implement all of the changes that we feel like they need to make. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, what we talked about in our last podcast, too, this Steelers game uh, might be make or break, for, for better or worse, just because of how difficult the Patriots start and end of the schedule is, and they can't drop any game that they should be competitive in. But how are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's a beautiful autumn afternoon here in the or autumn morning, I should say, in the New York City area. It's definitely getting cooler. It's the kind of weather I like. It's a little brisk. It's easier to sleep. My poor dog was a lot of furs, a lot happier, which makes my life a lot easier. And uh, I am also excited to get the Miami game behind us. And again, I know it's not a must-win game, but to start off 0-2 with losses to Miami and Pittsburgh with the schedule, as you mentioned getting really, really hard. Uh, I'm very curious to see how the Patriots respond after that beatdown. But first, as always, let's go around the league. I briefly touched on it from the first start of the podcast. AFC West matchup, Chargers at Chiefs. Um, Chiefs looked great. Chargers looked good. Sole possession of the AFC West. Uh, first place in the AFC West is on the line tonight. Are you thinking it's going to be a absolute monster of a game, or are we going to have our first ever Thursday night dud as both teams come off the short week? Yeah, it's true. We've never had a bad Thursday night game, so that's interesting. Um, <laughs> this is a big game just for, I mean, divisional game on Thursday and arguably the only good game on the schedule this week uh, between two competitive teams. Every other game is pretty questionable. Um, Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, they are going to be competing with each other for the next 20 years for, for dominance in the AFC, and Mahomes has the very strong edge. It's in Arrowhead. My thought is that the Chiefs win this one pretty comfortably, but the Chargers always seem to pull one off against the Chiefs, but, uh, and like, sometimes in Arrowhead itself. So I have no idea what to think here. This could either be a just absolute barn burner. Remember, like, the, what was it the Chiefs and the Rams went, like, 55 to 54 or whatever, like, a few years back? I could be like that. Or we could just see somehow the Chargers stifle Mahomes and the, the Chiefs' offense. And the Chargers win in a close one in, like, a low-scoring affair. So this has a whole array of what could happen. But if I had to be a betting person, I'd put my money on the Chiefs here. 
I agree there. I'm going with the home team in the AFC West for every single matchup just because they're so evenly matched. And Thursday is such a monkey wrench in every schedule. Such a short week, even though the Chiefs won pretty comfortably against Arizona and got to rest a little bit, so maybe that'll help. But, yeah, I think the Chiefs take this one, too. You're right, though, man. There's really not a lot of barn burner marquee games on the schedule. I mean, the poor Jets fans are playing the Browns, Panthers, Giants, Colts, Jaguars. Not a lot of good games on the slate. Any game besides Pats, Steelers you're excited about at all? Yeah, I don't even know if excited is the right word for it, but Dolphins at Ravens at uh, one o'clock is something that I'm curious about because they, you know, Dolphins beat the Patriots pretty easily <laughs> in week one. And the Ravens, we know, are a solid team. They're not like necessarily the best team in the conference, but they're definitely in like the top five. They're one of the better teams. And so however that game plays out, we'll get a better sense of what that the Patriots lost to the Dolphins means like did they lose a, a bad one to a really good team if they if the Dolphins pull out a good win against the Ravens or if the Ravens walk all over the Dolphins should we feel a lot worse that the Patriots couldn't even you know keep that game close against Miami yeah it's a good point you don't want to get beat down by the Dolphins and the Dolphins beat down by the Ravens the Ravens beat the Jets pretty easily but again how much can you take away from beating down on the Jets? <laughs> so this is a little more of a test for the Ravens. Maybe the Dolphins are more legit than we're giving them credit for. We will soon see. Unfortunately, playing the same time as the Patriots, so I'm not going to be able to pay too much attention to that game. Uh, I am, however, going to be watching the Monday night game, or the first Monday night game with interest, 7.15 p.m., Titans-Bills. That's mm-hmm. going to be a pretty good game. The Titans lost to the Giants somehow, and the Bills are coming off a long week, a mini-buy where they beat the crap out of the Rams. The Titans kind of need a statement win after losing to a pretty weak Giants team, but I personally don't see the Bills losing their home opener Monday night in what many Bill fans are projecting as a Super Bowl campaign. So it should be a tough night for the Titans. Yeah, I completely agree. I I have no confidence that the Titans will be able to pull one off against the Bills. Like, maybe they could keep it close. But honestly, like, Josh Allen came out, started the year in MVP form, and I imagine he's going to keep it going. And the Titans, they traded away A.J. Brown this offseason, so they just don't have the manpower on offense to keep up with this Bills offense that is probably going to challenge 30 points a game this year just because of how dynamic they are. And I... I have no belief that the Titans, led by Derrick Henry, uh, in air quote, led by Ryan Tannehill, uh, can score that many points against a very good Buffalo Bills defense. Unfortunately, I agree. Maybe the Bills punter will once again have an off night. I don't know if they're even going to have a punter on the roster this season, the way they're playing. We will soon see. But other than that, man, there's really not a whole lot of games that I'm going to be really paying much attention to. So let's just turn attention to Pittsburgh and see where the Patriots are going here. Obviously, they struggled offensively against the Miami Dolphins. The defense played okay. Um, Mac Jones had back spasms. He's been full percent practice. All signs point to him being able to go. So it should be Mac Jones' offense full strength or quote-unquote full strength against the Pittsburgh defense without T.J. Watt. What are your early thoughts on this matchup? Patriots over Steelers D. Who has the edge? Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, if they don't have T.J. Watt, I think that the Steelers still good defense. So Minka Fitzpatrick, one of the best safeties in the league. He does it all for them. Uh, they have a very deep linebacker core. So I had a pass rusher, Alex Highsmith, had three sacks in the opener. So he's doing very well. Uh, but they also have, uh, you know, Miles Jack, who they signed in the offseason. Devin Bush, who's going to have a little bit of a revitalized season under Brian Flores, which is the big thing in my mind for why I think that the Patriots offense might struggle uh, against the Steelers team that had just a field day against this Bengals offense. Um, I have not a lot of faith <laughs> that the Patriots are going to be able to move the ball well against the Steelers team. 
in particular because they are led by by Brian Flores. And if the Patriots uh, continue to dink and dunk down the field very ineffectively, like they did against a much less talented uh, Dolphins defense, they're going to have no way to score against the Steelers team. So is it going to be a a run-heavy offense? Is it going to be a couple of deep shots downfield? Is this going to be – would this have been a good potential Tyquan Thornton game if he was in? Or is it the kind of thing where you got to use the tight ends a lot and you work the middle zones? How are you winning this if you're a Mac Jones offense? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to air it out. I think what's really challenging is that they have a very good defensive line. Cam Hayward, one of the best defensive linemen in the league, still at his age. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, who they added this offseason, is playing well. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, they have a really strong linebacker core, even if they don't have T.J. Watt. And so they are very strong up in their front seven where they are definitely weaker is at the cornerback position. And so like, yes, Minka Fitzpatrick is good and does everything, but their secondary is relatively weak everywhere else or inexperienced. And so I know they have like Cam Sutton is out there and Akella Witherspoon had a little bit of a renaissance year last season, but I I don't think that they have the talent in the secondary that they do in the defensive front. So if I'm the Patriots, I'm going to start challenging them with passes down the field. You know, we saw that nice connection that uh, Mac Jones had with Kendrick Bourne. Um, Bourne only played two snaps last week, and Tom Curran of of NBC uh, reported that Robert Kraft noticed that and uh, believes that this is going to change moving forward. And it it should. I mean, Kendrick Bourne is the most dynamic, dynamic offensive playmaker that they have. Last year, he was the most efficient player. They need him on that field. Nelson Aguilar isn't getting it done, even though he had a great offseason. I would love to see this be a Jonu Smith uh, and Kendrick Bourne game because they need to rack up a lot of yards after the catch, get the balls in their hand, because they're not going to have a lot of time with such a strong Steelers defensive front for back downs to allow plays to develop. And so, yes, maybe Aguilar will get a couple deep shots, but I, I don't think that the answer is, you know, giving it to... Uh, you know, the other like Jacoby Myers for six yards. Like that's just not going to be the way that they score in this game. They need to be able to rack up yards after the catch and Bourne and Smith are their two guys to do it. Let me ask you this, Rich Hill. One thing that I'm concerned about with this Patriots offense against the Steelers defense is the Patriots IR Ty Montgomery this week. So they don't really have a third down back. They don't have a guy in passing situations to do blitz pickups that Mac Jones can motion over to come off the edge he was on the run all day against the Miami Dolphins. Even when he got the ball out, he got smacked around. So how are the Patriots going to compensate for the loss of Ty Montgomery? And they don't really have a true third down back on the roster for the first time since, like, 2000. How are they going to manage that? Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a job for Damian Harris. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is still less experienced. I think Harris has shown that he can do it. They've been giving him greater opportunities this year uh, than they have in the past. And this is likely, a, you know, this is part of their offensive shift uh, is that under Josh McDaniels, it was very clear delineations that there would be a running back for running the ball and then someone else on passing downs. And they're trying to blend the two. And so there'll be opportunities for the other running backs. I think Harris will get the nod because he's more experienced. Uh, and he's proven that he can do it. I think uh, Pierre Strong was on the injury report, so I I have less faith that they would ask him to do it. Um, So I'm going to point to Harris taking on a lot of the the third down role and perhaps they'll lean a little bit more heavily on Stevenson as the bruiser on the early downs. That'd be good. It would also kind of factor in 12 to my offensive X factor this week, which is going to be Trent Brown. I need a big bounce back game from him. You talked about the front seven of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have some good edge rushers. Trent Brown had a very weak game uh, week one. Maybe it's some issues. I don't know, but he's 
supposed to be the anchor of that line. He's been very, very solid for this team the entire time he's been here. Both shifts, he's worked for the Patriots. So I'm looking for a big bounce-back game from him. The Patriots need to keep Mac Jones upright against his front seven if they're going to be able to attack that weak secondary that you mentioned. So hopefully Trent Brown has a good game on Sunday. I like that. I mean, you could stay with anyone on the offensive line needing to have a good game against the Steelers front. Uh, But I I think uh, I both completely agree with that. And I I think that they're also going to need someone to step up in the red zone. Uh, Part of their challenges with the Dolphins is that as soon as they got in Dolphins territory, they just couldn't keep going. And they're going to need someone to step up. Likely it'll have to be through the air. Uh, I don't think it'll be Aglor, and like I already talked about Bourne for a little bit. So my X Factor is going to be Devontae Parker. Parker had 100% of the snaps last week. He only had two targets, including one that should have been called for defensive pass interference uh, in the end zone. I think that he has a much better game for the the Patriots this week, and I think especially when you challenge the Steelers secondary, my money is on Parker being able to capitalize and and be able to produce well uh, and perhaps be able to put together the game that we're all hoping that Parker can as the top receiver. You mentioned Brian Flores, Rich Hill. Brian Flores has had New England's number with his tenure in Miami. He's a very good coach. Uh, any issues he may have had with uh, his belief about his discrimination aside, just a good football mind, and he's given the Patriots problems. How do you think he's going to approach the Patriots offense from the Steelers' defensive perspective? Oh, man. I mean, the way that Flores always does. He'll have very complex uh, you know, defensive looks to make sure that the quarterback doesn't have time prior to the, the headset shutting off to get any advisement from the sideline. And then, uh, honestly, just win hat on hat. There's definitely some games that they play on the defensive line with stunts and twists. But, honestly, I, I think that Flores is... Uh, his strength as the defensive coordinator was putting players in the best position to succeed. Uh, and I think that he's already implemented that and they're already doing that in Pittsburgh. He's that defensive coordinator that they've been looking for to play that Steelers level football. And so uh, I, I think the way that uh, the Dolphins tried to play Mac Jones in the offense was to do what the Patriots challenge every other team to do, which is try to you know convert three third downs on a drive. And uh, if because the third down conversion rate at that point, the ability to convert three third downs is not great. Uh, and, and then drives will stall and then you'll have to punt. So if I'm the Steelers, I'm going to try to make sure that Nelson Aguilar doesn't get behind the secondary and force Mac Jones to lead 10 plus play drives in the exact same way that that's how the Patriots want other teams to have to play their game. We will soon see. That's one thing that really worries. I was kind of confident about this game. And then you reminded me pre-podcast going live that Flores is on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm like, <laughs> Crap. This might not go well. So it might be a low-scoring game, which means the Patriots' defense is going to have to step up here. Uh, One area where I am a little more confident is the Patriots' defense against the Steelers' offense. Mitch Trubisky is not a quarterback who strikes fear in the hearts of anybody. They have a good running back in Najee Harris, but that's kind of it for their legit offensive weapons. So if you are Bill Belichick dialing up defensive schemes against a Mitch Trubisky-led offense, what's your primary focus? You can do the whole classic, take away the running game, force Trubisky to beat it through the air? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a very reasonable thing to do. I think you look at the Steelers' offense, and Trubisky is relatively limited. He's not a great quarterback, but uh, neither is Tua, and he gave the Patriots some trouble last week. And so if if I'm the Patriots, if I'm you know Steve Belichick trying to figure it out, I look at, okay, how are they distributing touches for the Steelers' team? And in general, there's four players on their offense that get touches. It's Pat Fryermuth, who's their very, very good tight end, very good receiving tight end, not as great of a blocker. 
Deontay Johnson, who's one of the best route runners in the league, uh, but he's relatively smaller. Chase Claypool, who they interestingly gave six carries uh, out of the backfield last week, part of it because Harris had a foot injury. Um, So we'll see if they continue that trend, but they also gave him six targets through the air. And then Najee Harris, who is dealing with that foot injury, but should be available, but perhaps might be in less uh, 100% sort of a situation. Uh, they tried to get rookie receiver George Pickens involved, but that like nothing was really happening there. So like you might see some opportunities for him. But based off of that distribution, you know, you have Johnson and Claypool at receiver and Fryermuth at at tight end. Uh, I think that the Patriots zone defense is going to be relatively effective if they can bracket Johnson. Uh, I I think that I trust the Patriots cornerbacks to do a pretty good job on the outside, but I I might put Jonathan Jones uh, against Deontay Johnson, who the Steelers are going to try and put in favorable matchups. Let Jonathan Jones in the safety or a linebacker, whatever it might be, just bracket Johnson so he doesn't get a lot of passes underneath. Uh, And then trust that your your players on the outside are going to be able to defend Claypool, who they also move around the formation. Firemuth had 10 targets, Johnson had 12. So the t- they're very top heavy with their touches. And so, so long in my mind, if the Patriots are able to eliminate Deontay Johnson or at least limit him, then I think that they can funnel the touches of the Steelers to players that aren't as explosive, aren't as dynamic uh, in, in a way, kind of like what the, the Bengals did. I, I'd rather let Firemuth get the, the yardage as opposed to Johnson. And if you can limit him from you know not giving up any big plays like the Patriots did with Jalen Waddle before the half against the Dolphins, if they can limit those big plays, I think they'll be in a good situation to hold the Steelers to under 20 points. Yeah, that makes sense. It might be a frustrating game to watch in the perspective of the Patriots giving up little underneath plays and forcing Trubisky to take what's given to him and then tightening up when they need to get a turnover or a stop to keep points off the board. But I do think they have the capability defensively to limit the big weapons and force the Steelers to look elsewhere. And I don't think Trubisky's the kind of quarterback who can really go down his reads, go through his progressions, and get the ball to the open man in time for the pass rush to get there. I also think this might be less of a game for the kind of Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar hybrid linebacker guys, and more like the classic linebacker guys. Uh, I'd love to see a big game out of Josh Uche this mm-hmm. game. Uh, he's he's my defensive X factor for this one. I think this is a good game. It's kind of dialed up for him. He's got the lateral sideline athleticism. He's got the speed explosiveness. I'm hoping he has a big game and a little more big and a little more meaty in the middle of the field to prevent the, the, the big runs if Harris is able to go and force Trubisky to make throws before he's ready. Because I do think the cornerbacks for the Patriots have an edge athletically over the Steelers' defense. So if they can get to Trubisky early and if Uche can have a big game, I think he can force some mistakes, generate some turnovers, and that'll give the Patriots the field position they need to punch it in. Because as you mentioned, against the Dolphins, they really couldn't do anything, even with good field position. So that definitely has to change this week. Yeah, I I completely agree. I I mean, I, I hear you on that i need like uh someone on the defensive front other than uh you know dietrich wise actually had a good game but other than wise and judon someone in the defensive front has to step up uche has had his number called multiple times and he hasn't really stepped up i would love for him to have a big game um so I like that as an X factor. I'm going to actually stick with the true safeties. I'm going to go with Kyle Duggar, who was responsible for you know the poor tackling on that Waddle score that uh, effectively changed the landscape of the entire game against the Dolphins. Um, but when you look at what we're talking about here with Firemuth as their top receiver as a tight end, uh, as well as you know Harris coming out of the backfield or as a runner, you, you need to have your thumper safety be able to both cover that tight end, be able to stop that uh, running back in the box. And then also what we're talking about with Deontay Johnson with Brack. So I, I think that Duggar is going to have his hands full with a lot of responsibilities against these top key players. 
And if he plays to the level that he's capable of doing, then I think that the Patriots defense would also be in a pretty good spot for everyone else in that defense to, you know, hold their own. Because uh, one of our things that we talked about on the last podcast was like, who are the blue chip players on this Patriots team? Uh, and probably the, the top player other than Judon on this defense is Kyle Duggar. And if he can be that blue chip player that he's capable of being, then this changes the entire landscape for what this defense is capable of. Absolutely. And I think there's a scenario where the strength and the weakness on each team are diametrically going against each other. So we might be a low scoring affair in this one, Rich Hill. Uh, to that end, anything else you want to chat about or get to predictions? Let's go on to predictions. All right. Uh, unfortunately for us, you had the Patriots winning 20-17 week one. You got the score right for one team, just the wrong team and the wrong loss. Uh, <laughs> I had the Dolphins winning 23-18, so it's not like I was that much better in my prediction. However, the nod does go to me for week two. Patriots traveling to Pittsburgh, 1 p.m. It's no longer called Heinz Field. I forgot what they've called it, but it's really too bad. Uh, anyway, again, uh, Mac Jones and the Patriots are 2-9 and nine when the opposing offense scores more than 14 points. That's just the way it is right now as he continues to grow into his role as quarterback. So if they're going to win this game, they need to keep it low scoring. And I think it will be low scoring. Again, I think two offenses are trying to figure each other out. and The two defenses are much more solid than their, or their counterparts. So I do think the Patriots win this game. I think the Steelers won mainly because of the Bengals' complete ineptitude last week as opposed to anything they did that was really mind-blowing. I am worried about Brian Flores, but they will get enough done. I think the Patriots take this one something like 17-13. Ooh, uh, that's a that's a good one. Um, so my challenge here is uh, the the big number that jumps out to me is the Steelers had a plus five turnover rate, best in the league. Patriots had a minus three, which is one of the bottoms in the entire league. Is that something that we should be concerned about happening again this week, especially in Pittsburgh, or is that an outcome of randomness? And is that something that'll kind of be balanced out? Because in both of their week one games, if the Steelers did not have as much luck as they did against the Bengals, they would have been wiped out. Like they, they tried to give the game away to the Bengals because their offense couldn't do it. The Patriots, on the other hand, gave the game to the Dolphins. You know, they gave them points on the ground with that fumble six. And, uh, you know, they just like lost the, the fumble game. Uh, like, I think there were four fumbles, all of them recovered by the Dolphins. So, like, that's not going to happen again, likely. In my head, that kind of balances out what discrepancy we might have. And I have faith in this Patriots defense. I have no faith in the Steelers offense. I believe that this Patriots offense is better than what they did in week one against the Dolphins in the house of horrors. Um, I don't know how much I want to put into a game that took place in Miami. In this one, I believe that'll still be a relatively low-scoring affair, um, but I'm going to go the exact same prediction that I gave last week with the Patriots beating the Steelers 20-17. to 17. All right. The first week two, I will have to do math if the Patriots win, which I hate to do, Rich, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, again, I, I don't think falling to 0-2 is a death knell for the 2022 Patriots, but... I'd much rather be one and one for a million reasons, especially given the fact there's some really tough games on the slate. And how a team responds in the wake of a loss like Miami tells a lot about their character, especially early in the season. So I'm hoping we can get some more ball control, some better protection 
capitalize off those turnovers. You're 100% right. It's very rare when the ball gets dropped on the ground four times and all four fumbles go to the same team. That just doesn't really happen. So there's no way the football gods will be frowning in that respect. Should be a good game. And when we reconvene next Tuesday, hopefully we're recapping a Patriots victory. (laughs) Hopefully, because I don't want to keep doing losses because that's painful, (laughs) Uh, especially in the fashion that they did it. Um, All right. Well, that's it for our preview here. Patriots Steelers on Sunday, 1 o'clock. Alec, do you have any final thoughts as we head into week two? That should do it, man. All right. Well, until next time, you and your puppy have a good one. <laughs> you do, buddy. Thanks. <laughs>